Amen. Well, guys, uh, good morning again. I'm going to ask you, if you have your Bibles, to go ahead and open them up to the book of Psalms. Uh, We've got two more weeks left in our series, Ascent. And we're studying these Psalms of Ascent, which the people of God would often sing as they made their way back to Jerusalem for the three major festivals. Uh, We're going to be in Psalm 133 this morning, Psalm 133. So I'm going to ask, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up uh, there. Now listen, if you're following along, we've got some sermon notes for you. I'm going to make that full screen so that you can scan this QR code. And, uh, and that's going to help you greatly. Now, the Scripture's also there. If you scan this QR code, open up our digital sermon notes. Uh, it's got all of the Scripture there for you to follow along. And as you're doing that, if you don't mind, I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and take His proper role as our teacher. Father God, thank You so much for loving us. Lord Jesus, thank You for coming to this earth and living the perfect life that we absolutely could not. Thank You for dying in our place and taking the debt of our sin upon Yourself as You hung on the cross and You you died for the sins of humanity. More personally, God, thank You for dying for our sins. Thank You for conquering said death that we have hope in a future resurrection where we will be made perfect as You were perfect and we will live forevermore in the presence of God. Holy Spirit, we ask You now to come take Your proper place as the teacher and the guide of this church. Would You exalt Jesus Christ in our midst that we may see Him clearer than ever before and that we may want Him more than anything this world has to offer. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well guys, Psalm uh, 133, and here is what the word of the Lord says. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. It's like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard. Running down on Aaron's beard, on to his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has appointed the blessing. Life forevermore. Just three things I want to show you this morning out of this psalm. Just three verses, but three really important verses. Three things that I want to show you about what this psalm is talking about. This harmony, this unity that the Lord provides. And here's the first. I want you to understand this morning, guys. That the unity that flows down from God is delightful. The unity that flows down from God is delightful. And we're going to jump right in. Let's look at verse 1 together here uh, in context. It says, how good and pleasant, notice that word pleasant, I've added that emphasis, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. When brothers live together in harmony. And now listen, that that word pleasant, it, it means sweet, it means delightful, it means lovely, but it paints the picture of of music that comes together in perfect harmony. That's kind of the, the, the background, the illustration of that word in, in Hebrew. It, it's talking about sweet uh, or lovely music. And, and I just want you to think through this, right? So we have a tendency to think of the Israelites all as one people group, but the truth is they're from 12 different tribes. They live in different locations. They have different jobs. They, they have different views on what the kingdom of God should look like, uh, right? So, so they're different people, though they're all Israelites. And, and what would happen is these different people from different backgrounds in different places going through different things in life uh, every, every year would make these three journeys, these three pilgrimages together. And as they made these three pilgrimages together, something miraculous would happen. All of the thoughts and the opinions and the things that they were thinking individually, where they were on their own by themselves, suddenly none of that mattered anymore. And as they, as they made their journey back to God, all of their hearts were united around the one purpose of worshiping their Creator. 
And the Bible says that the songs that they sang, these psalms of ascent, were sweet. They were pleasant unto the Lord. And, and, and so it was a delight. It was a delight. That's the first thing we find out. This unity that, that comes from God, man, it is delightful. But it's not just delightful. The Bible says it's also directional. Let's look at verses 2 and 3. It's, it's like fine oil on the head. Running down on the beard. Running down on Aaron's beard. Onto his robes. It, it's, it's like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has appointed the blessing. Life forevermore. And I want you to notice that language. It says running down on the beard. And this is running down on Aaron's beard. And then it, then it says falling down, right? And, and maybe you don't see the word down there, but it says falling on the mountains of, of Zion. And, and, and what we have there is, is, is this imagery repeated, repeated three times of, of this descent. It's interesting because these are called the Psalms of Ascent. And, and so as the people are making their way to God, now it's talking about the unity that's been created. So they're making their, their way back up to the city of Jerusalem. And God is teaching them that the, the united hearts they're feeling as they gather together in worship, that's a thing that's from Him. It only comes from God. And, and see, that's the truth about real unity is it can only come from God. Now the world tries to mimic the unity that God uh, creates and provides, only it falls very short, it, it fails miserably, in fact. In fact, when we try to create unity and we do it on this, this horizontal uh, uh, scheme, some, some really bad things happen, right? So, so let's just talk about that for a second. So there's two things that the world's unity does. Uh, either one, it's going gonna, it's gonna to basically put us down to the least common denominator, right? And so that means it, it's going to put us in groups based on things like uh, skin color, or, or the color of our hair, or where we went to school, or where we live, or our zip code. It's, it's got to find the least common denominator. What, what political party did you vote for last election, right? Because you've got to be in a group, the world says, and so it's going to do its best to, to do that, right? And so, uh, so that's one thing that it's going to do. The second thing that it's going to do is, is, is listen, uh, if it doesn't put you in, in one group, then what it's going to do is it's going to try to force you to be a part of a group that it says it's the best, right? And, and so this forced unity isn't really unity, it's what we call uniformity. And, and, and the way that this works is that somebody decides, and now we don't know who that somebody is, but there's always somebody in power. That can be a, a person like a dictator, it can be a group of people, uh, it, these can be elected people, these can be people that just have great influence, but some uh, group of people or a person decides uh, what is right, and, and they force everyone else to believe and to think the way that they think. And listen, if you don't think the way that they think, then you can't be a part of the group. So they either cast you out of the group, or in the worst case scenarios our world has ever seen, they eliminate you from being any part of any group. And all of that's done, get this, in, 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 under the, the guise of what the world sees as unity. I want you to know that's a far cry from what we find in the Bible from this, this sweet, delightful thing that flows from God. So that's the first thing I want you to know. This, this, this delightful unity that flows from God, it flows down from Him and only from Him. Second thing I want you to see this morning, ready? The unity and fellowship of the people of God, uh, that the people of God share, is refreshing and sustaining. Let me say that again. The unity and the fellowship that the people of God share is refreshing and it's 
sustaining. So there's, there's two images that I, I want to share with you uh, that the text shows. So there's, there's these two images. We find them in, in verse 2 and 3. And we're going to look at those and, and, and talk about those. So here's verse 2. Ready? Uh, this is what it says. It says, it's like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard onto his robes. And so uh, that second part of that verse we'll talk about in, the second, uh, in a second. Aaron's kind of anointing. But, but really what, what this is about, and we don't understand it here, but, but uh, there in, in that region that the Israelites lived in, it was very hot and dry and, and arid and your, your skin kind of felt that. If you've ever been in one of those places, it's just dry and hot and your, your skin's drying out no matter what you do. And so if you were a guest in someone's home when you came into their home, uh, they would often anoint your head with oil. And they would, they would pour this oil on your head and it would literally drip down onto your face and, and you would take your hands, uh, really, and just take that sweet oil and just rub it, rub it in to that dry skin and it just brought such a, a sense of refreshing, right? And, and so that's the image, that's the first image, that the unity that God provides is that unto us. That when we're in our dry seasons of life, that it just, it just refreshes us, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing, uh, second imagery is, is this, this hill, right? Or this mountain. It's not a hill. It's a mountain called Mount Hermon. And it's in verse 3. It says, it's like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has appointed the blessing, uh, life forevermore. Now listen, uh, Mount Hermon is the tallest mountain in, in the range of Israel. It's 9,100 feet at its peak, and uh, Zion was quite a bit down from that. And listen, it was so high, the altitude so high, that when dew settled on Hermon, it was unlike anything we've ever seen, right? And in fact, some people have tried to describe the dew of Hermon, kind of like here in, in Texas or anywhere else in the world. If you had a hard rain the night before, and you walk out in the morning, and you can just see that all of the dirt is, is really dark brown, right? I mean, I mean, everything is just really, really wet. It was, it was like a hard rain. This, this is the dew on, on Hermon. And again, in this dry, arid climate, uh, during the summer months, things would die. But, but there on, on Hermon, that dew was so great. That, that nourishment, man, it would just keep things alive. It would keep things alive in the midst of really, really dry seasons. And, and so the imagery is just that that, uh, that sustenance is now flowing down to Zion. And, and the Bible says, listen, that's what the unity of God does for His children. That's what the unity of God does for His children. Listen, it, it, it sustains us. It refreshes us. Third thing I want you to see, that as people of God, we are united, uh, as people of God, we are united in our priesthood and our purpose. And I'm going to go back to uh, verse 2. I want you to see this again. It says, uh, it, it's like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, onto his robe. And, and, and listen, uh, this is a, a picture of when Aaron was anointed. Right, and so Aaron is anointed really as, as the high priest or the chief priest of, of Israel. And so his anointing, when he's anointed and he's anointed with, with oil, it flows down onto his face, onto his beard, and then onto his robes. And you say, okay, that's great for Aaron, but what on earth does that have to do with me? Well, here's the deal. As we read the Old Testament and also into the New, what we find out is that though Aaron was the chief priest and though that the Levites were set aside as priests, that God actually says that all of his children belong to something that he calls the priesthood. 
right? The priesthood. And, and this carries on into the New Testament that anyone who's put their faith and trust in Jesus now belongs to a great royal priesthood. We call it the priesthood of believers. Now, Peter takes all of those Old Testament thoughts and he sums it up this way in 1 Peter 2.9. Uh, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, listen, uh, what that means, guys, is that just as the priest had certain jobs that they had to perform, so do we have jobs that we are supposed to do. And you say, well, well Pastor, what, what, what's my job? Well, well, Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus says, go and make disciples. Now in Acts 1.8, he puts it a different way. He says this, he says, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Paul puts it this way in, in, uh, in, the, in the book of 2 Corinthians, he writes, listen, everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And get this, he has committed unto us the message of reconciliation. And so listen, church, no matter what way you slice it, what the scriptures would say is that we have a job to do. And that job is to be witnesses, to make disciples, to be about the business of the kingdom of God, which is seeing lost sinners reconciled to Jesus who is Savior. Seeing people become children of God. That is our primary purpose now in life. That's it. So when we understand that, we understand that that's what unifies us. I think it, it calls us to make some changes. And so here's what I believe this text would call us to really three things. And here is the first, all right? First, I think uh, that this text calls us to prioritize Christ. To prioritize Christ, right? And, and I, I just, follow me here. Listen, this sweet unity can only flow down from God. Only. This, this, this sweet harmony, this delightful thing, uh, that kind of unity which unites uh, people from different backgrounds and different tribes and different tongues from uh, dif different uh, economic situations, right? That, that unity that comes, listen, it only comes down from God. And, and what that means is that we have to prioritize God and make God and His kingdom first. Because if we're trying to prioritize things on this, this horizontal level and trying to fix things just here, Listen, as we've kind of talked about, either we're going to settle for the least common denominator, which just really isolates us more because it puts us in, in, in groups, or it, it, we're, we're going to try to force something which has led to terrible consequences throughout the history of mankind. Right? And so what we have to do instead, we have to prioritize the kingdom because it is only from God that this, this true unity flows. So that's, that's first. Second thing we have to do, uh, guys, and, and, and by the way, let me share your script. You say, what, where does that come from? Let me, let me share this. Colossians 3, uh, 1 says this. Uh, Paul says, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Jesus would say in Matthew 6, he'd say uh, the way that looks like is, is uh, basically that we need to store up treasures for ourselves in heaven, not here on, on earth. And so, so that's the first point. Uh, prioritize Christ. Second thing we have to do, guys, we have to cling to community. We've got to cling to community. Cling to community. Uh, specifically, we've got to cling to Christian community. Why? Because community refreshes us. Community sustains us, right? And, and listen, that's really, really important. We have to remember during our dry seasons especially that, that it, is, it is Christian community, unity, fellowship. That is what refreshes us and sustains us. And listen, I'm just going to say this the best way that I can. Some of you right now are going through such a dry season that what you need to do is you need to, to find someone. And listen, if you've got to do it digitally, then you do it one-on-one, -on -one, Zoom call or FaceTime, whatever. If you feel safe enough doing that in person, you go over to their house. But, but some of you need just, just that sweet Christian friendship of somebody else just to kind of anoint you right now. Because you're so dry. You need, you need to refresh your spirit. Some of you, are, it's so dry right now that you need to go to somebody that's been a little higher up on the mountain. That's, that's kind of been up in Herman. And, and, and that dew has just saturated them. And, and though it's been dry, man, their, their life is just flourishing right now. And you just need to go and sit with them and let some of that nourishment wash over you. And so I'm just telling you, man, if you feel far away from God still, we've been, we've been doing this series for a while now. And if you're still feeling that distance and that dryness, then listen, you've got to cling to some Christian community right now. Find somebody in your life that loves Jesus and let them anoint you with the presence of godly fellowship. All right? Which brings me to the last point. Last point, guys, is we've got to practice our priesthood. We've got to practice our priesthood. And I, I just want to ask this. I, I don't. You know, we talked about this in staff, and they kind of laughed at me and said, do you try to offend people? And I said, no, not really. Um, so this the precursor for this point, talk about practicing our priesthood. I, I just, I want to ask this question this morning, man. What are we doing? Right? Can I, can I ask that honestly? Just, just kind of, I'll see if I can come a little closer to you. All right. And what are we doing? Because church, I'm just going to tell you, when I, I look around the world, I, I don't see a lot of believers practicing their, their priesthood. I see a lot of people trying to practice like they're practitioners, like they got a medical degree from somewhere. I see a lot of people trying to practice their politics, right? Trying to defend who they voted for, or who they're going to vote for, or who they don't want in office, who they do want in office. I see a lot of that in our world. I do not see a lot of people that are practicing their priesthood. They're living for one purpose, and that purpose is making the kingdom of God known. I don't see a lot of that right now on social media. I see a lot of opinions. I see a lot of people that are practicing a lot of other things that are acting as if those other things are the highest things in the world, and that somehow those other things are going to bring about solutions. But I don't see a lot of people practicing their priesthood, understanding that there's only one thing that matters and that death will befall all of us. And if we don't know Jesus before that happens, that it's bad. And so church, I, I, I'm just going to beg you, man. I'm going I'm to beg you. Could we please, kind of almost back to that first point, we've got to prioritize Christ. And we've got to set our hearts on the things above. And we've got to start, we have a job to do. 
Jesus did not rescue you from bondage and slavery. He did not break the chains of bondage and bring your dead heart unto life so that you could proclaim politics or medical practices. He saved you so that you could proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. So that you could proclaim that, listen, what God promised all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 when He said a solution to the sin problem is coming. That one is going to come and He's going to trample the head of the serpent and He's going to provide life and redemption. He indeed has come and that redemption is available to all who will believe in His name. That is our job. And church, if we will return to making first things first, And and I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't know that you can make first things first. In in fact, I'd say biblically, you can't make first things first if there's a 1A or or there's a 1B or a 1C in your life. See, if if we say, well, I'm I'm going to proclaim Jesus, but I'm still going to proclaim my my medical practitionership. I'm still going to proclaim my, my politics. I don't know that one, true one, is is ever effective. So we have to become a people that are proclaiming in the kingdom of God, that are living for the kingdom of God, that are, are, are wanting deep fellowship with one another because, listen to me, all those other things we try to do down here will chip away at that sweet unity of the people of God. We can only be united in this great delightful thing that God describes when we put away everything else and we just pursue God together. And friends, I want to tell you, As you do that, here's the thing. This is what happens. You find yourself on a journey with a group of people that are different than you. They come from different backgrounds. They've got different things going on in your life. And and listen, just like you, they've got different messes that, that you don't know about and that you don't have to know about. But you're pursuing one thing. You're pursuing the goodness of God. Church, that is what we need. May we... By God's grace, pursue His Spirit and nothing else. Pursue His kingdom and nothing else. May we give grace to our fellow sojourners that are also lost, uh, that are also sinners that are struggling along the way so that the lost people around us may see there's something different about these people. They, they don't allow their backgrounds to affect the fellowship that they have as they pursue this one true God. I want something like that in my life. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. I pray that we would have something like that in our lives. God, I pray that we would, as your word says, that we would shine like stars in the universe as we hold out the word of truth. And to do that, we've got to stop being muddied by the things of this world. So God, I pray this morning that you would refresh us I pray that if we were in a dry season that you would put somebody in our life to anoint our head. Maybe a friend to come alongside and sustain us. Lord, by the power of your Spirit, let us prioritize your kingdom and live for your cause. Let us be people of purpose that the world sees and knows and says, I want that. Father, thank you for loving us. It is in your word that we pray these things. Amen. Amen.